This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, I'm Jenna Dwan, and welcome to The Better Buy. Welcome to The Better Buy, a podcast from Better Homes and Gardens. I'm your host, Melanie Berlier. Each week, we talk to experts about the highs and lows of home ownership and share stories, advice, and practical tips you can actually put to work in your own space. In this episode, I'm speaking with Jenna Dewan, an actress, producer, dancer, and designer with a secret penchant for refurbishing furniture. Hi, Jenna. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, thank you for having me. So your Instagram bio reads mother, actress, producer, dancer, designer, and believer in magic. I'm curious if you can speak to what being a believer in magic means to you. Too many people have asked me. (laughs) (laughs) For me, a believer in magic is kind of exactly what it says. I believe in something bigger that we are a part of whatever you want to call it, consciousness, something. There's something mystical at play in this life. And it definitely translates into all areas of my life. I think there's a famous quote that says, is magic real? It depends on whether you believe or not. And I've just always been more on the side of, I think there is something magical going on in life. So it's a little tongue-in-cheek. I'm not really doing spells, let's put it that way, but I do love the mysticism of life. And how does that belief in magic apply to your home decor? Oh my goodness. If you came into my house, I wonder how many crystals I have up at this moment in time. I love a bohemian feel to the house, not a full bohemian look, but there's little moments of it around the house. I have different artifacts and different things that I've gotten from around the world that have a bit of a mystical feeling to them. I feel like you walk in and some people just go, it just feels really nice energy in here. That's what I'm drawn to. That's goals, I think, making people feel (laughs) like your home has good energy. What were your top priorities in designing your current home? I know you have four dogs and two children, and I imagine that impacts design choices to a certain extent. Yes, absolutely. When you have that many little things running around in the house, there has to be a lot of comfort. You want to be able to have playful items. You want to have things that are not too precious, that are not hurtful when your three-year-old wants to jump off and repel off things. and He's wild. So we've got a lot of comfortable pieces. Also, really, with this house, my style evolved a lot throughout all the life changes. And so I really found myself being drawn to more modern, chic, a little bit less frilly, bohemian, and a little bit more sleeker lines, chic feeling. I did a lot more neutrals than I've ever done. There was a lot of changes going on, but you still feel that element of this is a family with a lot of kids and dogs. You should feel comfortable here, and you still get that little touch of mysticism as well. 
And you keep those artifacts and crystals out of reach of the three-year-old, right? (laughs) They're no longer in his reach. (laughs) You've noted that your home is a blend of yours and your fiance's styles. And I'm wondering how you would describe his style as it compares to yours and then how you achieved that balance. He's got a great sense of style. I think men get a bad rep for their (laughs) sense of style when they blend partnership. I look to him a lot. I think he has fantastic style. He's very rustic, a little more Silver Lake is what I call it. Like Silver Lake hipster cool. You know, he's going to have a cool record player with Edison bulbs and he loves black and different shades of brushed gold and brass. And he's just got a really cool edge in general to who he is in life, but also in his style. And I was very throw pillows and let's meditate in a room on the floor with fairy figurines. And so the two of us kind of came together, but he really influenced me. And I think the blend of us together was really nice. It still has this openness and this warmth to it, but there's a lot of really cool pieces because of his style. Has either of you claimed certain spaces or rooms as your own aesthetically, or is it truly a balance throughout of your styles? It is a balance throughout because when you have this many kids and dogs, I mean, we're all on top of each other all the time. However, our pool house slash guest house kind of area has turned into like the Steve's getaway. (laughs) It was a natural progression, but definitely like, okay, I'm going to go get a little bit of a break, have some me time. So there's a comfortable chair. There's a record player back there. There's all his music equipment when he's making music, all his guitars, everything's kind of back there. And we created a meditation patio upstairs off of the master. And It's kind of my favorite place in the world. We have this water fountain going out there. There's these really beautiful modern couches that are low to the ground with this Tibetan table that is made from a prayer altar. I hang out there when I need my me time. So we've naturally had that happen. But for the most part, we're all on top of each other. So the meditation patio is your she shed and the pool house is his man room, one might say. Yes, like (laughs) that happened. Life made that happen naturally. (laughs) Did you have to make any concessions in achieving that his and hers balance? We had a couple moments of like, well, I like this rug. You like this rug. He convinced me a lot in the master bedroom on the rug that we have. I was a strong no on it for a very long time. I was like, this is too busy. You walk into the room, it feels activating. We need to be zen and chill. (laughs) He's like, no, no, this is a very cool rug. And Julian, this designer from Interior Particulars, he was amazing. And he was like, I promise you this rug's great. And so it grew on me. But I trusted Dave and Julian, and I like it now. (laughs) I've come around. (laughs) You've also spoken about how you like to mix family heirlooms with newer pieces, and I'm wondering how you decide what to hold on to and what to let go of when decorating a new space or a new home, and are there certain pieces you'll never let go of? My mom is very, very into our family heirlooms and the history behind everything, and so she kind of tells me and gives me pieces And I keep them and I put them in beautiful places, but it's a real passion for her. She's like, this was the silver of our great, 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 great grandmother and all the kinds of 
things that go along with that. But there are certain things that are so precious to me. I have this piano from my grandmother who is probably, I've thought about this, I think she is the only other musical influence in my whole family. We have her piano and it's in our first room when you walk in and it's constantly being used. The kids love it. People come over and you never know people can actually play piano and they'll sit down and play. So, and I love that it's hers. I mean, it could be refurbished and maybe I will one day, but I also kind of love that it's not. (laughs) It's a little bit of this memory of my youth. And she used to teach me, I have silver. I have this tea set that was my grandmother's. I have so much jewelry of my grandmother's that was passed on. I even have this uncle was an astronaut. He is an astronaut. And you go to a party, like, what's the coolest fact that no one knows about you? I was like, my uncle is an astronaut. And everybody just (laughs) I grew up with him going on missions and going up at space. We were at rocket launches, but there's a piece of jewelry that he flew in space and brought back down and was given to me. And so I have that out and you can see that in the house and it's a nice conversation starter. So I love bringing in certain moments of history and combining new with the old. I love that as a conversation starter. This piece was in space. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any other elements of your home that you consider conversation starters like that? The piano, I suppose, would be. Yes. I mean, the crystals are really good. A lot of people come over and say, whoa, look at this. How'd you get this? This is amazing. I'm like, well, this was from here and this is where I got this. There's a couch that people are obsessed with in my house that is a refurbished couch. It's sort of something I'm into at the moment. It's brown leather from a bunch of other couches that have been put together in this really interesting way. And people just constantly comment on it and say, where did you get this couch? I said, well, it was completely refurbished and remade. You know, when you find that antique piece that's come with me now for four houses, (laughs) I love it so much. There's that piece. And then I used to have these couches that were made out of army tents. Oh, cool. Really cool green army looking couch. And it's just about finding where to put it. But that was always a really cool conversation starter too. Yeah, I love making old new again. Let's talk about that love of refurbishing or repurposing furniture. What is that born from? And how does it play into your home decor? I... I'm drawn to layers and textures in houses and in decor. And so there's something about a fresh new modern piece, but when you combine it with something that has history to it and has been refurbished, I think it brings a depth to the room. I think it brings an energy to the space that I really like. It's like when I go camping and I want to go camping for two nights full-on camping, tent, big sur, middle forest, and then I want two nights at the Post Ranch Inn. You know, you want to like... I would not have guessed you were a camper, I must admit. That is fascinating. From camping to Post Ranch Inn, perfect. I love that. I want a little bit of both. I want to go commune with the trees in full nature, and then I want to go sit in a hot springs with luxury around me. So, I mean, my goodness, my whole life, I guess, ends up being about balance. Yeah, two extremes meet in the middle. Have you ever caught the DIY bug at all? Have you been tempted to refurbish something yourself with your own two hands? I honestly think if I had time, (laughs) I think I would be more into that. My daughter is actually very DIY. 
we went through a stage where we would get packages. And when the box was finished, I would look at Steve and say, can you take that box out? And immediately, can you break it down? Because if she sees it, she's going to go, let me keep that box. I want to make something out of it. And it's so cute and amazing. It's just a certain amount. Her whole room is filled up with things she had remade out of boxes. And I was like, we can't do another one. I know. So she's really crafty. And so I play around with her. We do crafts together, but she could make something out of anything. I love that. I have a six-year-old who is similarly inclined, and I know exactly what you mean about the accumulation of weird contraptions. I've gotten really good at disappearing things on the sly, but I've also been caught once or twice, and that's heartbreaking when your child (laughs) catches on to you (laughs) disappearing their creation. It's a funny aspect of parenthood. They turn into little hoarders. (laughs) So true. We'll be back with more from Jenna Dubon after the break. Hey folks, it's Hunter Lewis, Editor-in-Chief of Food & Wine. This fall, we're launching the new Food & Wine Classic in Charleston with our partners at Southern Living and Travel and Leisure, and we want to see you there. This incredible three-day culinary experience will showcase the hospitality, food, drinks, and culture of one of our favorite cities in the country. Join us September 27th to 29th to learn more from iconic chefs, share a glass with innovative wine experts, and get to know Charleston with one-of-a-kind experiences curated by the experts at Food & Wine, Southern Living, and Travel and Leisure. Tickets are on sale now at foodandwine.com forward slash Charleston Classic. That's foodandwine.com forward slash Charleston Classic. See you down in Charleston. Welcome back to The Better Buy, a podcast from Better Homes and Gardens. I'm your host, Melanie Berlier, and today I'm speaking with Jenna Dewan. Do you have any pieces in your home or spaces that serve multiple functions or multi-purpose? And can you tell us a bit about that? Well, I have the office that I'm in now turns into yoga. It also turns into Evie's schoolroom. It also turns into the crafting place. Evie's really into St. Patrick's Day. It's her favorite holiday. That's interesting. Been obsessed with Ireland since she was a little kid. She Irish dances. So St. Patrick's Day, as you can imagine, is a huge holiday, and leprechaun traps is bigger than Christmas. So this office has turned into every year how she's going to make her try at a leprechaun trap. That's so cute, leprechaun traps. Yes, so office, leprechaun trapping, art, all things. The glam room when I'm getting ready, we sometimes get ready in here. It's like the all-purpose room. Right. That makes sense. And... Obviously, throughout the pandemic, many of us took to working from home, yourself included, I believe. And I'm wondering if working from home has changed your overall attitude towards home as a space. I have found so many beautiful moments from working from home. There's also some frustrating, you realize, keeping your energy up throughout the day when you have multiple Zooms or you're doing meeting stuff like that, I found that difficult because my mind pings around a thousand beats per second. You know, I'm constantly everywhere. And so in-person is really nice for me because I get to really be with someone and get to know them. So the Zoom thing took me a minute. But I also found joy in not having to 
go somewhere. There was so much more time in my day when I didn't have to travel somewhere. But that being said, I think we're adaptable. And so this work from home Zoom life, I started to find the positives in it. And now I find it easy. It works well with my really busy life. I'm able to do more with the kids. I'm able to be more home. And you start to create your own little zen atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And how do you unwind at home after a long day? I love an Epsom salt bath. It's an ongoing joke in this house because I'm not okay without my bath. And I pour a lot of salt in there. And it's really where that touch of magic comes in. And the bath in my bathroom happens to sit where you can see the moon most of the times. So I've been turning off the lights, lighting a candle, and just really trying to not get on my phone in the bath and really just be present and release the day. And that, plus, you, know, you put the kids down, you start watching a show, hopefully together, or you just read. It's almost like I have a assortment of things I can go to to help me wind down. But the bath tends to be a mainstay. I love that. Can you speak to the role that light plays in your home? Was it important to you to have an indoor-outdoor area? Is light crucial to you? Yes. This house in particular has light all hours of the day. It's truly consistently bright and light. And that was a huge selling point for me. I wanted to walk in and to feel brightness. I didn't want to have to turn on a bunch of lights. I've lived in a house that was more hermity. You know, it was really magical and beautiful and great. But from the hours of two to five or when you got sun and then everything else, you're just lights on. I remember thinking I'm more suited for bright, bright light. That's just how my personality is. I'm drawn to it. So I love the indoor outdoor. Another big thing for me was I wanted the kitchen, the family room, and the outdoors, that classic modern farmhouse feeling. I really wanted that to where you can open up the doors and have it all there. Because with kids and family, that's just so helpful. They're in the family room. We're all in the kitchen. You go outside. You can kind of have it all flowing together. And the light that is just there, that's natural sunlight. It's beautiful. Very drawn to that. And what has been your approach to outfitting your home with art? That is where I'm the slowest, to be honest. I think I'm picky. <laughs> well, I know I'm picky. We'll say mindful, you know, mindful. Yeah, mindful. I'm mindful. And I'm also learning as I go how to find this art. Because a lot of times when you're working with designer, they send over options and I go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Well, why? I don't really know. I just <laughs> So I'm trying to get more language as to what I like. But ironically, my brother Dawson is an incredible artist. And so I commissioned him recently. And I've started finding I have people in my life that are great artists. And that I'm sort of drawn to. I want to find pieces that I also am really inspired by that are already here, ready to go, ready to be brought into my house. I found this watercolor artist, Olia. Her name is through Instagram of all things. And she did this incredible watercolor of my dogs that I framed and put up. And it's a total conversation starter. People come over and talk about it constantly. There's an artist from Germany who made this digital art of a photo shoot I did and sent it over framed and beautiful. And I'm not really somebody who would put up pictures of myself in a house. However, I like it so much that it's sitting in my office and I was like, I might be that person that puts up this picture somewhere in my house of me because I like it so much. You know, if it's gifted to you, I think it's a whole different thing. 
That's true. It's not like I went out and bought this picture of myself. And I do love that you're using social media to source art because I think social media has been great for discovering art and just getting a sense for what you want and also supporting lesser known artists. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that's 100% where we're going to be headed. There's actually an app called Creator that I've recently gotten really into, and it's an app for artists and how to sell your own art, connect with other artists. You could go onto this app and say, you know what? I want a black and white photo of this and this and this. And it sends you a whole feed of things to pick from and you can choose from. And they're incredible artists and it's all price points. And so for me, I'm obsessed with this because this is where we can really connect and also support and bring attention to artists who wouldn't normally have that. So yeah. How does being a dancer affect what you look for in a home or a space? I think it's one of those things, once a dancer, always a dancer. It filters your whole life, everything from walking to the store to how you get in and out of your car. I mean, there's certain things you go, is that dancer? You can tell. I think for the home, I've never been precious about anything. And I think that's because when I was a kid, I danced on everything. I was stretching on all the furniture. I was dancing around the kitchen. Like nothing is precious to me and good and bad. You know, I've had to learn (laughs) to teach my kids like, well, let's take care of certain things. But you're in your body. It's very tactile. There's also a bit of a sexiness, sensuality naturally when you are dancers. And so in the art that I like or in the clothes that I wear, they just kind of have a little bit more of a sensual feeling to them. And I think a lot of that is from being a dancer. Where do you get your inspiration? Everywhere. Randomly, sporadically, people I speak to, articles I read, shows I watch. I was just watching After Sun, which I'm late to. She was nominated for an Oscar on a plane home. And I thought that movie was so quietly beautiful and amazing. The performances were incredible. But the style was a really cool throwback style that I all of a sudden was like, I'm kind of inspired by this. And yeah, all over the place. And you spoke a little bit about this earlier. I'm curious to hear a bit more about how your design style has evolved over the years. I think in the past, everywhere from the decor to what I'm wearing, all that stuff, I think it was much softer, a little bit more romantic, a little bit more frilly, a little bit more just much. (laughs) That's the way to put it. I feel like I would go into a room of mine six, seven years ago and want to take out 60% of everything that was in the room. It was just a lot of clutter, a lot of knickknacks, a lot of stuff. It wasn't as refined. The lines weren't as clean. It wasn't as chic. Even my clothes were lots of ruffles and lots of flowy dresses and lots of all these things that I do love. But now I find myself drawn more towards, I wouldn't say minimalist, but there's a bit more of a cleaner feeling to the decor and the clothing that I'm wearing and sort of drawn to lately and a little bit more elevated and a little less happening because I feel like that's good for my mind. And it's also just kind of what I'm inspired by at the moment. Would you say you're living in your dream home or your forever home? I would not say it's my forever home. It's the dream home for now. I think I'm hesitant to say forever home ever because of just how much I've been mobile my entire life. (laughs) Even as a kid, I moved every three years. So the idea of being in one home forever is 
honest to God, shocking to me. I couldn't even imagine that. And with our business and how we travel. So I just don't know. But I do feel this is exactly where we're supposed to be right now. Whenever I feel there's a shift coming, I'm open to it. But I would not say forever, but I would say I'm so happy with it right now. What's your favorite memory that you've made in your current home? Ooh, so many. My favorite, though, would probably be we had a great Christmas. Who doesn't love Christmas? Honestly, it's incredible. We all get excited finding the tree, putting it up, having my mom and my stepdad. And then we had my dad and his wife, my new stepmom, all come down. We had like a big Christmas dinner. It was a very nice blended family, wonderful moment and great Christmas morning. Callum was old enough to understand it. Evie was super excited. We made cookies. I mean, it was almost cliche. (laughs) You felt like you were in a scene of a Christmas movie, you know, but it was really good. These are the moments. I'm going to end on a weird one. If you were a piece of furniture, what piece would you be and why? In my house or just in life in general? In life in general. I would most likely be a very cozy couch where I would hope everyone would feel the most comfortable to congregate. I like that. And I would love to do a quick round of word association with you. So basically, I'll just feed you a word and you reply with whatever comes to mind immediately. Okay. Time. Rare. Comfort. Always. Movement. Constantly. Failure. The best thing ever. Quality. Important. Well, thank you so, so much for doing this. We're really grateful. And it was truly an honor to speak with you. Thank you for having me. That was so much fun. Thanks again. You've been listening to The Better Buy from Better Homes and Gardens. Be sure to follow The Better Buy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. We'd love your feedback, so please rate this podcast and leave us a review. You can also find us online at bhg.com slash thebetterbuypodcast. And make sure to come back next week for more. Here's a preview. Hi, I'm Mika Kleinschmidt from 100 Day Dream Home on HGTV, and I'm here to talk about real estate design and everything new construction. I'll see you then.